up, y'all? Hey, folks. Welcome to this most unbelievable podcast. We are your hosts, Paul Fitzgerald. And Sherry Spiegel. You're listening to season two, our first summer season. For the next few months, we'll take a look at a thread we began last season in our Rates of Things episode. We'll take several episodes to explore how we process and experience things. First in the body. Then in the mind. And finally, and most challengingly, in the heart. We would love your feedback, so please feel welcome to leave us a comment or a question on the Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thepaulandsherrypod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also find all of this on our website, thismostunbelievablelife.com. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. And if you like the show, we'd appreciate your rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out, too. We're so glad you're joining us on this journey. And on with the show. Go. Okay, we usually do a pretty good job of that. We both hit the... Uh, the record play button simultaneously. I usually don't have to do too much uh, matchup. Nice. In the in the post production of this, and that makes me happy. Yeah. Well, it makes, makes me, me happy, happy too. We sync up well, Paul. We sync. We up do sync up well. well, and you know what else makes me happy? What? Recording this podcast. Me too. Me. Makes me pretty. Too. Hey, Paul. Pretty happy. Hey, Sherry. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm still getting used to the new recording schedule Mm -hmm. that we have. I'm still used to Podcast Tuesday. At this point, people know that it is now Podcast Wednesday, but you don't notice a difference because we still release on Tuesday. We do. In fact, now we release a little earlier on Tuesday. So Yeah, we do. No one has to wait till lunchtime to hear our beautiful voices. Yeah, and that's the thing that's changed more than anything because when we were originally doing this, we were uh, releasing on the same day that we were recording. So those went out about 6 p.m., yep. give or take. And then uh, we had the forethought and the and the chutzpah to get a little ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. And we were able to record uh, in advance of the release, which was great. And that let us put a little more flair and verve into it, I think, and give us a little more breathing room. I feel like we are that's known for we, our flair and verve. Mm-hmm. We are. Mm-hmm. If we do it right, we are. And that's when it was able to go to, to noon. And then I was thinking recently, you know what? I think we're missing people who might be waking up in the morning and looking for something to do or listen to on Tuesday itself. Mm-hmm. Thus the what – what did I do? 7 a.m. or something 7 like that? 7 a.m. Yeah. And I think so, that works – I mean, Brene yeah. Brown releases her podcast Tuesday morning. So as people are in there getting getting their Brene Brown on, they can get their Paul and Sherry on. I want to say we're competing with Brene Brown's podcast. I'm not altogether sure that we are, but uh, it would be it's nice to think about that. I it, it's, think it's, her it's, listeners might enjoy our podcast, but they may not know about it. That might be what's happening. That yeah. might be what's happening. We, we just have to I'll market ourselves that. better, which feels gross. But it's- Yeah, it does feel gross. Um, it does feel gross. But we did do something. I say we in the royal sense of you did something, but uh, we were both thinking about it and talking about it a little bit. We are now on LinkedIn. We are. Yeah, we're on LinkedIn. Uh, and we have a monthly, I don't know who agreed to that. But a monthly newsletter. A monthly newsletter, which is out. It is. Which is out. The September one just Mm -hmm. went out. And the 
I want to say the October one is in the works. Uh, we have done nothing as far as I know for the October one, but September is still early and it's going to be great. I think it is September 2nd. So who yeah, knows what October time. will look like, but also I think before we hit the play button, you and I were already bouncing around. There's, I think we have so many ideas. Um, about things that we trouble we can get into together. I was telling a friend recently that um, because she was asking like, who in the world is this Paul Fitzgerald? And you seem to have a podcast and you do things with this dude. We do. We do. And I was like, well, in January, Paul and I made this casual commitment to each other to find some trouble to get into together in 2020. And I think we are doing a really good job at. You still got three or four months left and we're already in serious trouble right so much trouble together it's been <laughs> it's been a delight we get an a plus on that uh-huh so we get an a plus on that oh uh, so last week was it last week or two weeks ago that uh, time is shifting in a weird way i guess it was two weeks ago you asked me where i saw myself in five years yeah that's the one that just went out yeah and then that's the one that just went rumor out. has it you came to the call today with more questions for me what's up with that I did. So uh, I was just out on a walk a little earlier mm-hmm, today mm-hmm. Uh, for lunch. I was sitting down and standing up most of the morning with my new standing desk, which I found is very helpful mm-hmm. for teaching class. Um, I thought I would take a walk in because what I found is that even if I'm sitting or if I'm standing, when you're standing in one place, legs still get stiff. You still have to sort of walk it out a little bit. It's true. It's true. And I've, I've uh, always had some of my best ideas and thoughts in two places. It's either in the shower, mm-hmm. but one can only come up with so much creativity in four and a half minutes. That was just a dig. Um, and the subject uh, my of showers, Paul's my, shower my, time. My showers are short. What can I say? It's one of um, the things I dislike about Paul. It's a short <laughs> list. That's on it. That's I don't know it. why I have such beef with it. I think it's because I don't. I don't even it's, understand what I would accomplish. Like. My well, my hair exactly is so long that my hair wouldn't even be wet, like fully wet by the end yeah, of that four minutes. But yeah, anyway. that's entirely the point. Yeah, I, there, not much can be accomplished in four and a half minutes of a shower, including creative thinking. Right, creative yes, thinking. go on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, or out on a run or out on a walk. And so it's always good for me to move around a little bit because that's where some things sort of move through me and get some creativity. In. And so um, I was thinking, this is week two of you and I being back in the everybody on three give air quotes one two three air quote <laughs> uh classroom classroom because we're both uh teaching entirely on on zoom Indeed. and uh either teaching as the words are remote or virtual depending on how you sort of look and how you ask uh for all of it mm-hmm. for all of it mm-hmm. um I have not been on the on my campus and I guess I went there once in the middle of the summer to pick some stuff up. But besides that, um, not a step has been has been taken on that campus, and I think the true might be the same for you, if, unless I'm unless I'm mistaken. The last time, the last time I was on campus, I think was the last time I saw you, my friend, on campus. Is that true? I think it was the Friday before spring break. Yeah, that was it. When yeah. I crashed your classroom. Yes. When I crashed in your right. classroom, mm-hmm. that was the last time we saw each other on campus. And uh, so, what I've been. Uh, talking with a couple of folks about lately, which has been kind of, uh, I don't want to say it's in jest, but it's been a lighthearted conversation. Back when I was teaching on campus, as you well know, mm-hmm. Sherry, uh, I would take uh, a a piece of chalk. 
It was a piece of chalk. Mm-hmm. And we had this whole uh, thing going on. And we might have been calling ourselves like the chalk club or something like that. People who just go to class with a piece of chalk and see where it goes sort of from there. And um, now I took a picture of my setup here that I'm using for my class uh, to, a, to a friend of mine. And it is uh, significantly more that I'm showing up with now than a piece of chalk and finger sandwiches. Um, it's two HD monitors, three microphones, a webcam, a mixer, a notebook, a bag of potato chips. Uh, I mean, it's it, with, with a standing desk with a whole lot of wires coming out from the bottom of it. It's like, this is different than the way I was doing this. Are they also uh, the carnitas-flavored potato chips? Yeah, they are. So Lay's has these, you know, these specialty flavors they come up yeah. with every once in a while. The, the New York style pizza flavor is downstairs, but I think uh, my wife has eaten most of those. That's- As I've eaten most of the street taco ones, so I think uh, all's fair in that. Um, but the way that my own teaching looks these days is different now than it was before. And so um, this is not going to be exclusively a conversation or a Q&A about the educational process or just for educators. Um, I, my, my hope is that this is going to start with a, with a question that comes from, uh, an educational background, but it really relates to everybody mm-hmm. out there in some pretty interesting ways. What I'm finding is that just based on the circumstances that has changed and how I show up for my classroom and with what I show up to my classroom, now that we're doing this in such a shockingly different context, um, what is it that I'm actually asking myself to do mm, mm-hmm. as a professor? What am I, what, what's my, how has my ask changed? And I think this also reflects back on our very first episode. If you have not listened to the first one, missing the point, mm-hmm. uh, I would recommend everyone to go back and listen to that one. Um, if you, if you have not already. Because what we talked about a lot in that first episode was this kind of stuff. You know, what do you bring as a professor? What do you bring as somebody who is being asked to do something with an objective? And we got in what's the objective and what is the point of all this and what are we all doing? How has that sort of sort of changed? So uh, I was wondering, and I don't know if I have an answer for this yet or if I'm just noticing as it develops throughout my experiences over these last two weeks, I seem to be showing up with a different set of tools. From mm-hmm. the from the looks of it mm-hmm. to my classroom, what um, am I showing up with, and what am I what am I asking myself to bring as what I feel is my responsibility to my class? And you can, in, if if you're not an educator, you can swap out the word class, and you could say family, you could say workplace, you could say neighborhood, you could say community, Girl Scout troop, Boy Scout troop. Right, right you can right. swap in anything you want. I'm just using the word class because that's what I know. So. I think we should stop and back up and ask ourselves. I said a lot over the last couple of <laughs> I know. And it was delightful. Yeah. So um, I think we should back up and ask ourselves what it means to show up. Right? So I think we show up in a lot of different areas of our lives. So no matter what our profession is, people are asked to show up. Like, be it physically show up for work. Or, you know, like whatever your profession is, you're showing up in some sort of way. Um, For the people in our circles, uh, we show up for friends. We show up for family members. We show up for the people that we choose to partner with. So I think we should ask what it means to show up for people. Mm -hmm. 
and maybe use that as a place of jumping off. And one of the reasons I think I'm thinking about this is because I'm reading a book that I think every single person who listens to this should just like stop everything they're doing and go and find this book that is called How We Show Up. And it's by Mia Birdsong. And this book, um, I don't think it's been out very long. I started reading it the other day. Normally, I am like committed to buying all of my books through Old Town Books. Um, mm-hmm. because I love Allie who owns old town books and it's in my neighborhood. But like, I was so excited about this book that I just bought it on Kindle, like, cause I needed to start reading it the same day. Mm-hmm. But this is a book that's just like, it's a, it's about questioning what it means to show up and who we show up for. So right now I am thinking about so much related to the idea of showing up. So Paul, when you say, that you're showing up. What do you mean? Like within your classroom, but also outside, like you've said to me many times that like, like, I don't, I think that showing up is Paul's love language and I'll let Paul decide whether that's true. So yeah, that might be true. That might be true. Um, so what is showing up for you? Uh, a couple, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll I'll tie up a couple of couple of ends on that. Um, if you if you spent a fair amount of time with me, you know one thing uh, that I say when asked what my motivations are, it's like I'm here, aren't I? I'm here, right? I I, I show love through uh, <laughs> through m- making an, an appearance. It's like, <laughs> like you know, and I've, I've I I take a lot of interest and I spend a lot of time and energy and this is just on the physical act of being present. I'm not, you know, or I guess the electronic act of being present uh, as the case might be really making decisions. And this goes back to the 100% yes stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I decide to do something, it, it's not that I'm, I'm making a flippant decision. Now, ah, why not? I guess I'll, I'll do it. it it's, it's the end point. At least if I, I, I like to tell myself this and I try of is, am I 100% yes on this? Is this what I'm really dedicated to? Is this in who I see myself being? Um, is this going to move me forward as a person on this earth in a compassionate and kind way? And I, I go, I'd like to think that I go through this check down. Maybe sometimes I do it in a more directive way than others. If it gets to the point where I am physically present, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm there. Um, and, so how that comes across is, well, I'm here, aren't I? And I, and I appreciate that that does not, that phrase does not capture uh, <laughs> the back end approach to the decision to do that or not. Um, so I but just it feel is, like, but is a thing that I say. But that, that's a, just like that's just like the physical aspect of being present. You know, the, the class starts at nine thirty-five. The Zoom is on. Here I am. Are you? Right. Uh, right. And that's where it yeah. starts. I think is like being physically present. Yeah. Well, I. So I know that to be true of you in part because I think like the, <laughs> so now I'm going to air all of our laundry, Paul. Are you yeah, ready? Here we go. Uh, so I think the first fight we ever got in like was at a place that we know and love, but like you stormed in cause I was super mad at you. I don't even remember why it doesn't matter anymore. Um, but I remember that was the first time you said to me, well, I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> um, and we joke we can about, laugh it. about it now. We can laugh about it now. We we totally can <laughs> laugh about it now. But it but it was also like a big aha moment for me because in no way did you have to show up. Like right. 
like you, like what you said is a hundred percent true. Like you were there, like you engaged in elective activity. You showed up by my own free will, by by your own own free free will. You were not tied down. Um, you showed up at our favorite watering hole, uh, the block. And we, we had our discussion, uh, while many dear friends, by the way, I think we're off to the side looking and being like, what are Paul and Sherry doing? Um, fight. (laughs) You're witnessing our first fight. Um, but I think the fact that like, when you did show up that day, like, that was kind of all you had to do, right? Like by walking through the door that day, I knew you were going to choose to face the thing with me, whatever the thing was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, um, that is truth. Yeah. That is, that is, that is the truth. By, by showing up, you, you have agreed to face the, I'm, I'm trying to not to make this sound like a, a dire thing, face the consequences or whatever it might be, or the joy or the suffering or the sadness or the grief or the happiness or the unknown, mm-hmm. right? By being physically present for a thing, you've agreed to um, engage with what comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However that might, however that might transpire. And that alone is an act of courage. Right. And I mean, I think, you know, you can think about showing up as though it's something trivial like oh what does it cost to to show up right like what does it cost to log into zoom but i think that there's something it's not just being physically present though that is definitely part of it right right Yeah. yeah 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 it's it's present and present right like engaged in the moment like showing up for people i think is not about just the physicality of being there, though I think that's a starting place. There's something else that happens once you are in the same space. Yeah, it's not just present. It's present and accountable. Yeah. Present and accountable. Do you assume... This might not be a fair question. You can dodge it if you need to. Um, No, maybe I just won't ask a question. Maybe I'll just say a thing that's true about me. I think that's safer. Um, So... I don't assume people will show up for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think I've always felt an obligation to make myself available to other people. And so I'm not always there with people because I want to be, I'm often there out of obligation. So I assume the, the same is true for other people. So I struggle a lot with with watching people show up for me or with me Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I don't assume it will happen. And so when it happens, like I'm almost taken aback by it. Mm. Do you assume people will show up for you? Um, The, some of the most, uh, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to self-reflect and make a statement that may or may not relate. That's (laughs) Um, why I was like, I I, I don't know if I'm going to ask you this. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. We're, uh, um, I do recall over the last couple of uh, years in my responsibilities, some of them that I've had uh, at the institution where uh, we both we both teach and work. Um, the most nervous I will ever be is right before an event that I'm hosting starts, mm-hmm. um, because I'm never 
really sure. I, I, I gauge the success of what I'm doing based on how many, based, based on headcount, based on turnout. Right, right. Headcount and turnout, you know, um, so much so that if there's 10 minutes left before the start time that has been published, there's, there might not be as many people there as I like to think there might be, regardless of the fact that I know for a fact they are still in class and they will be there <laughs> in a couple of minutes. I will physically, this is back when we used to do these things in person, mm-hmm. I will physically leave the space, go and do something, if it's nothing more than just going to drink a water, and then come back in with the hopes that people will have magically appeared <laughs> and that I will walk into a full room. And sometimes that's happened and sometimes it hasn't. Um, so I, I think to say that I don't even think about that is not true whatsoever. Right. I think I absolutely, and and I think that reflects on my answer, whatever it would be a little bit that maybe I don't have a lot of confidence in people showing up for me. Mm -hmm. And as I, I like to think that what I do and what I produce and the events that I try to offer um, stand on their own merits. Maybe they do and maybe they don't. I like to think that they do stand on their own merits. I like to think that the things that the events that I would produce and run and offer have enough value in and of themselves that people would want to attend because they see the, the potential for growth and benefit from them. Mm-hmm. If that was true, why would I be so invested in whether or not people actually showed up for it as a reflection of myself? Why does it freak me out so much? You know, uh, so I'd have to say, absolutely, I think. Maybe we'll answer the question. Um, I maybe I I wish I I thought I did. Maybe maybe I wish that. Um, maybe I wish that I wasn't so personally invested in whether or not people show up. But I think I do see it as a reflection of myself, whether mm-hmm. or not it really is or not. Headcount right. to me translates into um, the value I put on myself as a person who is trying to do meaningful things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, so I think you know because I think that that's your. So love is language. that? I don't know if that's yes think, or no. Is that yes no, or no? I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's ask again later. Maybe like yeah. let's. Let's keep noticing this. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because in the past when I, when I've led things, whenever, even, you know, the things that you and I do together, I'm Mm -hmm. often like when we log on to Zoom and there are other people present, like I'm surprised by this. Like I'm surprised that all these people like, you know, we did the artist way group. And for 12 whole weeks, people kept coming back and choosing yeah. to spend time with us, right? Yeah, that was super. That was super. So th- it, was, it was great. Um, but when I, was, when I was an administrator at the college, I would do a lot of events there, too. Um, and people, by and large, would show up for those. But at some point early in the process, I had to get comfortable with the idea that whoever was supposed to be there would show up. Yeah, And so there were events that I would run um, early on and the only person that would show up would be our former provost. 
Um, and I would kick myself so hard, like, oh my God, what a failed experience. Except like I knew that provost so well because she would come to my failed events. Yeah. <laughs> um which is worse than no one showing up at all, right? In some ways, like, yeah, she came to, but but she was always so kind and so generous um, about that. Um, and, and like, we would strategize, right? Um, so I feel like the number of times when zero human beings have actually shown up is so small. Um, yeah. That I right. think it's, right. I think it's such an interesting question of like, if we're in a room and we're expecting people to show up and then one person shows or two people show, you know, why, why are you going into the hallway hoping a whole room will come instead of asking yourself, like, are these the exact humans I need to show up for today that I'm here for these ones right here? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think uh, I must have been trained in some way to equate, uh, a head, head count with some metric degree of success. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Um, and I think that does sort of relate to uh, my own sense of what I'm trying to do, what I think is important and wanting to be right mm-hmm. in, the, in that assessment. And if I am right, people will see it and they'll respond with their actions because that's what I do. Because that's what I do. I mean, that's sort of the lens that I see the world through. Right. If somebody, if I host an event and somebody shows up, there must be 100% yes, which validates my own worldview in some sort of big way, which may be complete bullshit. But I, you know, but that, that doesn't matter at the time when you're, it's five minutes till go time and you're wondering if people are going to actually show or not. Mm-hmm. And so we go through all sorts of little parlor tricks to sort of game that a little bit. The, the prime, the primary one amongst them is buying food if you provide snacks you know then people will show up but they're not showing up for the snacks they're showing up for you and they get snacks right sherry right right sherry please please let the answer be yes you know they're not showing up just for the food but for some reason those events always get higher turnout than are you sure i mean this is how i this is how i get you to my house right like i'm like yeah right paul if if you want to record this thing live then i will feed you yeah, well, uh, the, the hangout we used to do uh, near campus at the, at the block, it's like, hey, let's go hang out. It's like, ah, I don't know. It's like, it's happy hour. Okay, maybe I <laughs> Maybe I will. An amazing conversation comes of it. It's it's getting somebody in the door. That's the hard part. You know, the magic happens by itself once they're there. If you put your put your heart and your soul in, into it and your, and your true love. Right. Uh, getting people in the door is hard. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to that question of like, well, what, like, what do we being kind of the royal re, not just necessarily you and me, like, what do people show up for? Like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know that check down. And, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years and, and I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure. What makes people show up? I only, I, I only know what makes me show up and, I, w- I wish my rules were simple. They are not. They yeah. are not. But they all go back to uh, a mission. I mean, if, if I said that I didn't show up to places out of a sense of obligation, I would be. Lo- I would obviously not be be telling the truth. Right. You know, there are, of course, 
There are things that I show up to out of a sense of obligation. What do I show up to again and again? What do I show up to regularly? Um, what kinds of things do I show up to? You know, when you, when you do the nuanced math on this, it gets, it, it's more complicated than it comes across. And it, it just sort of all gets boiled down to into a binary decision of, of are you there or not? Right. And, well, and I think like there's something that's working underneath the surface that like is is something as simple as the complexity of human desire, <laughs> right? Like, so we're like, going to solve that problem in the next half hour. Absolutely, right? we're going like, to pick that we, apart and we're going to have the answer for you. Just listen to the end, and we'll tell you the answer. We've got this. Yeah, I mean, like, it's funny because you know you and I have worked together in various capacities or whatever. I mean, we've shown up for each other. Let's say. For the last year or so, we've worked together for 10. Um, and over the course of the last year, there have been times when there is an occasion that I know something is about to happen. And people will ask me, is Paul coming? And I will say to them, I have no idea, except in my head, I will be saying to myself, there's no way Paul's coming. This is not a thing Paul's <laughs> going to do. fact that this Paul's not going to show up for this. Paul will not be present. Um, I know Paul and I know events, and this is not an event that Paul is going to show up for. This doesn't feel like a Paul thing. <laughs> but it's so interesting to me that I feel like I have a stronger understanding, and it may be a misled understanding, of when Paul will show up for things than when I will actually. Like, I think I understand what will get you into a room more so than I understand what will get me into uh, a that room. That might be true. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I would be surprised to hear that. I don't know if I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, but I don't know what gets me into a space. Do you know? Maybe, you know, uh, what gets you into a space? Yeah. Uh, maybe I do. Maybe I do. Um, I don't know if I, if I know, um, I might know the properties of things, of, I might know the properties of spaces that might uh, lean towards the positive. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think the equations that we solve in our heads are so infinitely complex. You know, I don't know if that can really be something that can be absolutely sort of gamed mm -hmm. out. Um, I think there's a little chaos involved on the back end. I think there's an, some inherent unpredictability to it. I think you might be, especially because, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, we've talked perhaps before about like, I love canceled plans. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's telling of, of this. That's, I mean, that's, that's telling of this. Right. Like, and part of it is because, um, I honestly think, I don't know whether I'm actually going to authentically want to do something a month in advance because I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to be that day. You know, I don't know where I'm going to be that day. Um, and it's really hard. And so in the past, like former Sherry would drag herself to whatever the hell she agreed to, regardless of how she felt, face the consequences afterwards. Mm. Or mm -hmm. um, honestly, mm -hmm. like I have a real pattern of like, uh, mysterious illness showing up because it's yeah. easier for Man, me. To Sherry's been sick a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this used to be a, a huge thing for me. Like, um, you know, like if you talk to one of my, one of my favorite humans in the world, um, 
he will tell you that I have had a migraine on his birthday every year for years. Mm, and, it, mm. and, and it's true, but it's also just like what happens at the end of the semester when we kind of melt down because we've been showing up for everything. And yeah, then we, right. we hit a point where we can't. Right. right? Um, so I'm finding that I have to say no to a whole lot more, like sort right. of aggressively so that I can be in a position to say yes when I really want to be able to say yes. And that's kind of new learning for me. I think that might be. I think that might be new learning for a lot of folks these days. I mean, just the notion of what it means to show up for the last four or five months Mm -hmm. might be a little different for a lot of folks. Um who have the, or or at least have the option of being able to decide that. I mean, if you're an essential worker and you're still having to show up in person, that, that might be a different conversation, but that would even cause anyone to scratch heads in, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there, there are very easy answers for me with regards to the classes that I teach, why am I showing up as well? That's what the money was for. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like they're not paying me. I mean, I have, a, if I would like to, the, to them to continue to pay me, I will continue <laughs> to show up. And if I stop showing up, that, uh, that remuneration will come to a swift and unceremonious end, uh, <laughs> which will be interesting for about two weeks. And then after that, everyone will move on with their lives and that'll be the end of that. Um, it's so so in in terms of that there is the idea of showing up out of a sense of obligation but right. it's more than that i mean i am obligated to show up because i said that i would and they're paying me to but there's more to it than that i mean i feel like i'm actually trying to do something here well yeah i feel like i'm actually trying to do something here and so that's that's sort of where i started this whole thing with like what do you ask yourself as you show up now because yeah. What I was doing in the past used to be a, a, achieved by a piece of chalk and some snacks, and now it requires all kinds of different stuff. Is the actual ask that I'm putting on myself on step two, okay, I'm here, so what do I do next? What am I providing to my students? What am I providing to people as I arrive? And again, this can be anything that's this doesn't have to be a classroom. This can be a community meeting. This can be a Zoom call between you and your friend who's having a rough time. Right. This can be this us, you and I showing up for this podcast. I mean, we're both here. We both know we're here. We're looking at each other on the screen, and we both love what we're doing, I think. You know, um, I think we're both taking each other as a word on that, and I'm committed, and I know that you are too. Mm-hmm. Um once we're here, what's the expectation for ourselves of what what to – we're both here because we made a decision. Mm-hmm. We made a decision based on what we love. Yeah. And and um, what are we going to try to do now that we're here? Because it used to be achieved by a piece of chalk and some snacks. Now it requires a lot of technology. Right. Well, and so I think what it means – Showing up is not the same as logging on. I have logged on to things and I have put my turned my camera off and I put myself on mute and I did other stuff while I was there. Don't tell. 
Right. Uh, the boss. I suspect Don't you're not the, the only one, even on this call. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have talked to my students some this week about this, uh, and last week as well. Like, showing up is not logging on. And I think that... Mm-hmm. Um, God, like, what it means to really... Yeah, I mean, it requires... You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and I think as easy it is some days for me to forget that, like, I think I try to orchestrate my life so that I can forget that, right? Right. Um, but it's still, like, it, it's just true. And so I think what it means to show up today, like, there's, like, there's so much, there's so much arguing against persistence right now like how long is this going to go on how is it going to affect us like who are we going to be when we're done with this will we ever be done with this like all of that is big and heavy and so in the midst of that like what we have to do Uh, or what we choose to do perhaps as educators is I think we understand that showing up with a piece of chalk isn't enough right now, because I think what my students need from me is not a lesson plan. Um, My students do not need from me uh, a discussion of the three, you know, of the canons of rhetoric right now. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out what it means to be alive today. And mm-hmm. so showing up, we, we get all this technology so we can try to make ourselves human because we have been entrusted with teaching a whole bunch of people who are also waking up every day and asking, what does it mean to be human today? And so a piece of chalk ain't going to cut it. No, a piece of chalk ain't going to cut it. Yeah. Back when a piece of chalk could cut it, these questions really weren't asked outside of the occasional happy hour slash philosophy classroom slash, you know, introspective course with a lecture on existentialism. Um, What does it mean to be human today and what do you, I'm, I'm talking really slow i'm still trying to sort of piece this out what does it mean to be human today that's when and i know you're on responsi- something good and, yeah and what and what is your responsibility in that mm-hmm. and what's your responsibility in that i mean i think every time i've been in a classroom with the youths youths of today and I've kind of led the conversation down that pathway of, I mean, and that conversation starts with, "Hey, everybody, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Anybody, anything even moving? Any, anything moving through anyone that you'd like to give voice to? Anything anybody's anything like to say? Because it's weird out. Yeah, it's weird out. Um, and don't ask me because it's new for me too. Um, what? Um, what's the? What's the? What's the payoff for having that conversation yeah. of what, what does it mean to be human today? Um, does a sense of understanding on what all this is, is about, what, what comfort does that, that give? 
Mm-hmm. Or does it? Or or does it? Does it does it does it result in an answer? Or does it result in understanding that breeds um, resiliency? Does it um, does it result in patience for what's happening or compassion for those who are suffering? Um, I'm not sure. It actually knowing the answer to that really doesn't make you feel good. Um, it it brings a. Uh, uh, Awakeness and, and lightness to a sense of greater understanding, which may bring, if not feelings that are pleasant, at least an understanding that you may be able to bring some sense of prediction to that might fallaciously bring comfort. I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of fishing here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but the, the the other side is we don't have that conversation. We go ahead and we have conversations about electron transfer chains and bacteria and whatever. And more of your students than not, I think, may be left in your classroom saying, doesn't he realize there's a pandemic on out there? You know, there's, there's a racial reckoning going on that is remaining extraordinarily tense and un- unaddressed for 400 years. Um, and it's hitting the fan. And we're talking about the electron transfer chain. How out of touch can you be? So it seems like in the, in the worst case, you seem out of touch with, with the truth that most people are living in the best case. You don't necessarily bring good feelings of joy and, and fuzziness, but you might is, is empathy enough. Well, I mean, it's so interesting because at the same time, like I have so much respect for our students who are showing up right now. Right, like, they, and many of them do, and I've noticed that this week in my class, like they they are showing up. They're showing up, right? And so, like, I think that's where we have to start is with the reality that, like, like I don't know about you, Paul, but my classes are full. Like, my classes yeah. are full yeah. of people who chose against all odds to show up this semester, and so. You know, there's part of me that wants to say to them, don't they understand? There's a global pandemic. There's like our country is at the brink of a reckoning. And yet they chose to show up to my class. And so I feel this great onus of like, how do I make this experience like worth their time? Like worth the life that they're living exactly this right, like this minute. Yeah. And I feel like I used to teach a class that was for the future. Like one day an employer is going to ask you one day. And I just feel like my class. Where do you see yourself in five years? Right. Right. Like we don't know what the world's going to look like in five years. Like so days, five weeks. Right. So I find myself like with this, this crop of students this semester, like having these conversations about, the habits of mind that are for success in my class. But let's be honest. I think this set of habits are what we need to survive a pandemic, right? Like, yeah, God knows, like I'm asking myself every day, like how much flexibility do I need to give myself? I'm choosing things like, you know, I, we can't keep living like, like it's January. Like everything is fine. We yeah, like everything is fine. You know, and so I'm doing things like realizing one of my greatest joys as a faculty member in January was having office hours because office hours were awesome. My door was open. I was in a place that I love 
and people that I knew would stop by from the time I opened that door until I scurried them out of my door, usually so I could go home or honestly, like a lot of times I would shuffle people out so I could check in with Paul before I headed home. Yeah. But anyway, right, right. like it's, it's the same thing, but like, like I'm mourning the fact that I can't hold office hours like that. Um, yeah. I'm physically unable to stare at a screen. Um, I'm physically unable to like see students that I know are my class, like walking out of their art class across the hall and saying, Hey, what's up? Or, or have my art colleagues come in and sit and talk to me for hours. Like, all of that's not possible right now. So I'm yeah, having to be over, full. over. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over. Um, this drop in situation is a thing of the past. It's a thing of a past. So all of a sudden I'm having to ask myself, like, how can I be flexible? What could this look like? Like, and I see the people who are struggling the most, I think right now are the people who insist upon showing up in the same way they always have. Mm-hmm. And are disappointed to realize that doesn't work anymore. So it's like we need the flexibility. So yesterday I sent a message to all my students that said, okay, I can't stare at a screen for 10 hours a week waiting for you to possibly show up. So I gave right. all my students a Google voice number and I said, hey, text me. It's not my personal phone number. Don't worry. Right. Uh, I'm going to mute right. this shit after 6 p.m. <laughs> you know, right? Like. Text this 3 a.m. stuff. Yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah. You know, you're not text me if you need me. And, you know, I had a student yesterday text and say, hey, can I pop on office hours with you? And I'm like, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I think part of showing up right now is realizing that, like, being a human right now is hard and it looks different than it looked six months ago. Yeah. So, in what what to you constitutes a... Uh, a class again. Substitute anything other than class if you'd like to. If you're if you're online with people, if you're on Zoom with people, or whatever platform you're using. Um, success. Mm. You know, um, I showed up for them. They showed up for me. We showed up with each other, and this was something worth doing. Um, so many times in person, it's like, God, I lectured and they were a bunch of lumps and some, a lot of times they show up and like, God, his lecture was the literal worst today. Um, I mean, that can go both ways that can go both ways. And I want to give students the opportunity to say that not all of my lectures have been the best. I appreciate that. Um, but I, I, I recall times in the past when I was in person for things and you know, when you're on and you know, when you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, you know when you're on and you know when you're not. And you feel it. You feel it in your bones yeah. when, when you're on and when you're not. Um, what do you uh what do you consider a successful a successful meeting amongst folks for which everyone has showed up and you feel a little bit of a sense of responsibility? Yeah, you know, I think that's such an I think this is a question we should have been asking so much earlier. I was on a call with a friend of mine uh, who listens to the podcast um, yesterday, and we were talking about what meetings do in a pandemic. And one of the things I was saying is, I don't think we were having productive meetings before the pandemic. Right. But, right. <laughs> but they just feel so arbitrary now. Like, okay, laugh, you'd cry. if yeah. I am going to take the time 
to brush my hair and turn on my camera, it better be worth it, right? If I can, if I take the time to take a shower ten minutes before a class starts, you know, you, you don't know need I a full ten time. minutes. Uh, <laughs> some of us need sorry, a whole half I'm hour. Sorry, I'm sorry, Sherry uh, interrupted. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like this morning. Paul's texting me like, "I'm up, I'm up," and I'm like, "Sir, I have been up for an hour, and I have been blow drying my hair for ten minutes, and you're like, you're." You're waking up. Oh, good for you, sir. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. <sighs> you know, but it's, you know, it's very interesting. I think what constitutes what's worth signing on for, what's worth being present for, what's worth um, not just getting the recording later. When do we want to sign on, be engaged? What is worth actually being present for? And I think. Right. I think this has right. been a question that maybe we needed to ask about all of our workplace meetings and all of our classrooms before the pandemic, right? Like, yeah, yeah what's yeah. worth showing up for? Um, you know, what's funny is I, this week I'm having my students read back in May, Paul and I wrote the principles of community pandemic edition, right? Right, right. right. And so this week I'm having my classes read them. And they're looking for the eight habits of mind embedded in them. And then they're also telling me where they think these principles fall short. Mm. And I love this because if our listeners found problems with these, they did not tell us. They were just like, well done, Sherry. Well done, Paul. We're so glad you talk and let us listen to them. But my students, you know, they're, they're, and maybe it's how I structured the activity, um, but they're already telling me ways that our principles of community fall short. Gasp. I thought Gasp. they were perfect from what people were saying. Uh, well, um, we can do a revision on that. So some interesting things, and I think it relates to what we're talking about. My students have pointed out to me the fact that our principles of community do nothing to encourage a member of a community to persist with that community. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. Right? They tell people what to do in the space. They tell people to reflect, but they are not designed to tell people, hey, keep showing up. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Oh, that's interesting. I love students. You don't need to have higher degrees from fancy places to have insight, you know. Um, anyone can read something with fresh eyes and uh, split the world in two with with a simple observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a simple observation, you know. And so, so often we see people striving, oftentimes half-heartedly, but with full sense of obligation. Not sure if it's what they really want to do or not, in the hopes that. Later on down the line, they'll have the worth, the value, the smarts, the cred, whatever it might be, to say something worth listening to when it can be somebody, anyone, looking at something for the first time and you say, this is absolutely nothing about persistence and value and meaningfulness in the long term. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, shit, then. Looks like we're not done, you know, Mm -hmm. know? Uh, and that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So a shout out to anybody who thinks that uh, they don't have the right to say 
things or speak their mind yet or or they haven't earned the right to say something worth listening to, uh, I will say you're wrong mm-hmm. and you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's all. Right. You're wrong. You do. Yeah. Now say something, you know. You've earned it. Yeah. You're on you've walked this earth, you've earned it. That's I've been waiting months for somebody to rock my world on how wrong we are on those those documents. And I mean, I think it this speaks to one of the reasons I love teaching, right? Is because I mean, where have you ever seen a more more ideas in one space than in the class? You'll never find it. Oh. You'll never find it. You'll never find it. Like, and if you, like, whoever's listening, if you're an educator and you don't work for our institution, I'm so sorry that you are limited. Like, we have, I just, like, I just love our, like, I haven't been in the classroom for months, right? And so I've forgotten how much, like, I just love the perspectives that I get to hear every time. And, And I've been thinking a lot about this, like, God, you know, being on Zoom is so hard. It's so hard. And my eyes are fried. And everything about the world seems on fire. Mm -hmm. But yet, like, my world can get rocked by walking into a space. I'm not even walking. Logging into a space, right? And having a student say to me, well, for somebody who cares about persistence, you didn't mention this in this document. Like, at all. Uh, and thank you for noticing. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you for, you for noticing. noticing. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and having the guts to say it. Mm-hmm. And that I've gets me in, too. That gets me too. I've gotten it in two classes now. So it's like. The same thing? The same thing. The same, the the same, same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So all you need is a group of first year students to be like, uh, yeah, I, nothing's about persistence, right? But it's a, this magical thing when you bring, like, that's what synthesis is, right? Like, I took the mm-hmm. principles of community and I put them up against the eight habits of mind and I ask, what are we missing? Um, so that's what that's what we learned. That's what we're missing. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, there's a couple others and I'll learn more from my students tomorrow. And then. How many are there now in that principles of community where there are? Ten. We have ten principles. We have which, ten. Sounds like we got eleven now, and if and the list might be growing. Right. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. Um, I have family members who are connected to the Alcoholics Anonymous tradition, mm-hmm. and you know, I I think I was maybe sixteen the first time I went to an AA meeting with a loved one, and in that context, you know, one of their sayings is "Keep coming back," and yeah, it's such right. a basic principle. Right. But that's what it's really all about. It's about showing up. Um, and so in our principles of community, despite the fact that you and I both value showing up, we didn't emphasize like, hey, half the battle is logging on. It is. half. I mean, half the battle of uh, um, uh, an exercise regimen or a run or something is putting your shoes out and taking that first step out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, the the hardest part about making dinner is starting it. You know, the, the hardest part about most things is starting mm-hmm. it. And then how do you, once you've done that, how do you continue? This might be the subject of a different podcast. I don't know if we're going to knock that out today. Um, In six minutes, we can do it. Yeah, but thank you to your students who were able to point this out. Because I've started the document more times than I can count. And that did not come to mind. Mm-mm. 
limited by my own perception of a complete document and thinking that we had, we had it. So that's what, uh, that's what fresh perspectives do. So clearly the student or the students who came up with this showed up, uh, with a fresh mind, um, with uh, a task before them, or at least a point of view that they thought had value, or they noticed something that struck them that clearly had not struck us. Mm-hmm. And they brought with them the actual will to give feedback if the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they did. Mm-hmm. And again, man, that's guts. That's courage. That's self-empowerment. I mean, that's all kinds of things. That if you think about it like that, you know, um, and th- – Folks might say, oh, I wasn't even thinking about it from a self-empowerment courage point of view, but you did. Mm-hmm. But you did. And so let's 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 take credit for that too. Yeah. But but you did. Mm-hmm. You did. But you did. Yeah, and I mean that's Do it again. And I think it, you know, it speaks to like why it matters that people show up, right? Like if these students who weren't afraid to say, you know, I don't really see what what in this document is about persistence. If those students didn't show up, if they didn't put themselves out there. Like that's a person like you and I who allegedly value persistence, we have recorded a podcast for said students about eight habits including persistence. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But but we have this blind spot. And so I think Showing up, like, I I don't know. It just goes to show that, like, showing up, there's so much that when we show up, we don't even know what we're accomplishing just by being present. Something might happen, though. Something interesting might happen. Something interesting. And sometimes, I mean, the hardest showing up sometimes is showing up to get feedback on something that you poured your heart and soul into. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of gets back to what I was saying. It's like I poured my heart and soul into this event. And what does it mean if nobody shows up for it? Uh, it means I'm a failure by every way it could be measured. Uh, yet people do. That doesn't mean that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. What it means is that maybe gauging your own sense of self based on the reactions and responses of others might not necessarily be always the healthiest thing to do. Mm. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, it's easy to say, yes, I do have value. I'm a good person. These people showed up. It's like, well, you know, that's, that's, that's not necessarily what's going on. Yeah. That's not what's going on. I think, I think people appreciate effort. I think people appreciate it when other people show up. I think people, see other people showing up and they want to participate in things that are bigger than themselves and and that are part of a, a thing mm-hmm. that they might get some benefit out of or they might I mean and when I say might get some benefit out of it, that sounds selfish <laughs> when I whenever when it goes through me. Um I don't sort of mean it like that. I mean this thing has value. I have potential for growth and something, you know, again, it all comes back to me it all comes back to curiosity and uh, something interesting might happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get this speaker together with the smart kids 
and I'm going to release the Kraken. Something interesting might happen. I'm going to send these principles and communities out to my, out to my class and get some feedback. Um, because something interesting might happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to record a podcast with uh, my friend and colleague, Dr. Sherry Spiegel. Why? It might be good. I mean, people might like it. There might be some value in it. Um, we've had a lot of conversations where we said, you know, we really should record these. Mm-hmm. You know, but when it comes down to it, I mean, something interesting might happen. You know, maybe we're on to something. Maybe something interesting will happen. Maybe we'll get some feedback that makes us say, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. That is left out of our thinking. We can grow as people by getting the feedback of others on how we're thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if, I mean, and that is that what it means to be alive today in this pandemic? And this, is that the best we can do today? The answer, I admit, might be yes. But if it is yes, that's all we've been doing all along, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we know it when it doesn't happen because you feel disappointed and you feel like, ah, that could have been so much more. That could have been so much more. It could have been. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, what, what sporting event, what, what, what hockey game do you like? The one that's a blowout or the one that goes right down to the wire? Mm. You know, uh, something interesting might happen. I mean, you want to win 10 to nothing, but what if it's, uh, three to two in overtime which which was the better game which was the game that was worth what you invested in it well i mean that's the game where people don't like go home after the second period right they don't leave they stay you know like i mean if you've ever been to a baseball game where the stadium's empty at the seventh inning stretch because it's it's just like nothing yeah what could possibly happen yeah i mean i think i think it's I think this is like a call for people to like stay curious, to to remain open to awe and to wonder like, yes, the world is a shit show. But even in the midst of that, like what something could happen. Something interesting might happen. Something interesting might happen. And I think you and I are in a really privileged place to talk about this because in the midst of a pandemic, like we launched a podcast and we've had a blast with it. Yeah. And so I think we have this evidence yeah. that like, boy, hasn't this been interesting? Who would have guessed? Who would have guessed? But this is great. Um, it is great. So, I mean, it's one of these, I, you know, a lot of my life I've, I feel like there's a Kelly Clarkson song that's like, you know, living on the safe side. I will not sing it to y'all. Um but I spend a lot of my life not taking risk and not putting myself out there. I do it in very calculated and measured ways because I've always been worried, like, oh, what could happen? Like, how how much could I embarrass myself? Right. But, like, how much more do I accomplish if I just put myself out there and say, well, something cool could happen. Who knows? Who What's knows? the worst that could happen? You know, and so Who we've knows? been putting this podcast out. You know, what's the worst that's happened from this podcast? Well, I can name one thing, but I'm not going to. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's for the most part, every single, like, it's been showing up for this has been one of the most unexpectedly positive things. And we hope our listeners find it uh, something to show up for as well. Yeah. 
And we keep checking the stats to see who else is showing up for us, who's downloading. Um, and we do not too much uh, measure our success based on those (laughs) downloads, but like, and subscribe because we love you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and subscribe because we love you. So um, about liking and subscribing, we do have the newsletter that comes out uh, every month. So you can um, sign up for that with the connect Mm -hmm. with us. We do still have, uh, I shouldn't say still, we do now have uh, the LinkedIn. So if you like LinkedIn, um, and we're going to post some stuff there that's pretty interesting. It's a different platform and it lets you do some different stuff mm-hmm. than Facebook and Instagram do. So if you're on LinkedIn and wondering what's there for you um, and you're picking up what we're laying down, you can uh, go ahead and follow that page and you'll get some you'll get some cool stuff there yeah. too. And if you really like what we're doing or you really want to support it and you want to see more of it, we do have a Patreon we do. set up. Um, you can support us that way as well. Uh, we love doing this podcast and we love your support and we love the feedback and we love uh, listeners and we love everything about it. And it's not free. So mm-hmm. uh, from, from us, from our point of view, there's some web hosting stuff that we're paying for and, and a couple other things, the Podbean. So um, we'd love to get some support on that if you feel like giving back a little bit to a, to a good cause. And uh, you can you can do a one time on that, I think, and you can you can you can give a monthly, uh, whatever you feel like giving, whatever it's worth to you. We'll 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 happily and humbly accept. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're kind of a cheap that. date, so we've worked it out to where you can kind of support us for a year for the price of a co- cup of coffee at Starbucks. That let's be honest, you're not going to anyway. Right. And uh, we got a couple of neat things coming up. So uh, Sherry's about to kick off a Me and White Supremacy uh, five-week reading workshop group, mm-hmm. right? And I think you got a couple of spaces left on that, but I will be honest and say not many. So um, you've gotten a pretty good uh, turnout for that. I have, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be really cool, and that starts uh, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're interested in that, where did we put? We posted that on Facebook and some other places. Yeah, too, right? it, it, it's it's up on where our website under. You can get to it through our shared spaces link, but also like uh, that group. Probably by the time this podcast goes out, I suspect that group will be closed. But I think if you're interested in a group like that, we already have heard from at least three people who are interested in that particular group, because let's be honest, y'all, that's the work, right? Me and white supremacy, right. let's do this thing. Um, so there are at least yeah, that three- might actually be started by the time this actually goes out. It, I think it will. <laughs> so look for the next one, right? Right. Yeah. But I think people that are interested should totally like reach out to me and let me know, um, because I suspect there will be um, an October or November option to do this, uh, because mm-hmm. people want to do this work and I want to do it with them. So what is that? So we we get the book and we go through the book, Me and White Supremacy, uh, by- it's a 28-day journey. Lassad, right? Um, and uh, we work through it. Mm-hmm. We work through it, um, which is which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And Paul, you have some things happening too. I do. So starting in uh, a few weeks from now, I'm doing an introduction to mindfulness 101. So it's a uh, five-week uh, workshop. 
in uh, I, I want to say mindfulness meditation, but it's more than that. It's 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 a workshop on how you um, engage with the practice of mindfulness as it as it really is. So if you're a noob to meditation, it just sounds like a good idea or a thing to do these days. Um, it's a good opportunity for you to get a solid foundation and true uh, a, a true mindfulness practice as it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you've been had a mindfulness practice already, or if you have a meditation practice, you might get some some good value out of that as a refresher. Yeah, and you know, I will say, um, and I'm not saying this because I'm paid to say this, or because Paul is like one of my best friends in the universe. Um, I have now been through two Paul meditation uh-huh. workshops, and uh-huh. I can honestly say that, like, though I have read books, literal books on meditation, working through Paul's workshops has changed how I approach meditation. And as a result, um, like low key has changed my relationship to anxiety, which is something that has plagued me for 20 years. Um, so shout out to Paul who will not it's like this kind. part of the day. No, he, he, he does not like this part of the day. <laughs> Paul is very uncomfortable with being said right Sherry now. Sherry wishes that, she had the opportunity yeah. to just mute Paul right now so that he just has to accept it. No, I mean, Paul has done a lot of like, uh, it is no secret that I think working through Paul's meditation workshops has been incredibly useful for me. And I know it will be for you too. Um, so that is time well spent and money well given. Yeah, cool. Thank you, Sherry. That's very kind of you. Look at it's you accepting a compliment. I'm so I'm proud. Trying. I'm so I'm proud. Going through the mo- I'll, I'll process that later, but I'm going through the motions. Yeah, he's going to wear a hair um, shirt for the rest of the evening. But yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's all. I mean, it, it's it, it's not a purely academic approach to this. So um, there's going to be a little bit of homework. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's going to be something that calls you to um, ask yourself some questions about what's going on, and it's going to ask you to um, do a little work. Mm-hmm. It's going to ask you to do a little work. The objective is not for you to know what mindfulness is and what mindfulness meditation is. The objective of this workshop is to come out of this with a mindfulness meditation or just a meditative or contemplative practice that you can do Mm -hmm. with who you are, where you are in the circumstances that you're in. Mm -hmm. So super practical, right? The goal is not for you to win a trivia contest about meditation and mindfulness. It's to have a practice that works for you or with, to, with what you got, you know, yeah. and we'll, we're going to work towards that. And you won't, uh, you will not be levitating off your cushion after week two. That was, it was such a relief to learn that yeah, that right. wasn't the expectation, Paul. The objective like, is not to levitate. No, know? like it's, um, I really have appreciated that your approach to meditation has demystified it and has made it super accessible to like a super like anxious ADH gal like myself. Yeah. And I I'm convinced that the very first thing that, uh, that Prince Siddhartha did when he sat down to meditate and figure this out was, man, this really sucks, man. This, (laughs) this is hard. This really sucks. I don't like what's happening right now. And the response to that is, yeah. Yeah, so let's do it together. Yeah, let's let's see what's going on, and and so that's uh, that's the approach that I take with the workshops uh, that I offer mm-hmm. with regards to that. So we got some cool stuff cooking. Yeah, uh, we might Sherry and I maybe before we started recording might have talked about a couple of ideas that we got cooked up for October November, but we don't want to put the cart before the horse. 
I think but all the that lookout. people need to know is that Paul cool and I are like stuff. super in for the stuff we're doing and we hope we'll build a big community to do it with us. Show up, y'all. Mm-hmm. Show mm-hmm. up. Just, we're just trying to show up for uh, for what we see. So yeah. awesome. So. Thank you, Sherry. What an awesome convo. Indeed. Thanks I for showing it. up today, Paul. I'm glad so the, you're here. Yeah. So uh, the question is, what does it mean to show up? Yeah. And what makes our listeners show up too? Something interesting might happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Paul. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye, everybody. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Sherry Spiegel, Paul Fitzgerald, and This Most Unbelievable Life. For more information, please check us out at www.thismostunbelievablelife.com. Paul and Sherry have a podcast. podcast. Yes. 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 Yes.